Welcome to Bad Movie Brunch. I'm Luke. I'm Katie. And I'm Taylor. Taylor Shepard is back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, um, yeah, we, me and Katie have a, have a thing where we try to make small talk uh, when we call each other <laughs> before the show. Um, we're like, oh, how's your life? Good. How's yours? You know, okay, let's talk about the movie we watched. But today we couldn't really do that because Katie just poses the question, is Joanna Man the most offensive movie we've watched on Bad Movie Brunch? Um, Katie, take it away. I mean, like I, like I said to you, it, it, it checks a lot more boxes than any, anything I can think of uh, in, the, in the history mm-hmm. of the show. Um, and, and let me just say before, like my question to Katie when, when bringing up this movie was like, yo, is this too problematic to even like give the time of day? But like what I respected so much from from Katie was like it's we should talk about it because it's so problematic. Um, mm-hmm. So, Katie, why do you think it is the most offensive movie on Bed Roach? or why is that the question posed? Because I I'm very inclined to agree with you. So, uh, this movie feels like the fever dream of people who are so against like trans women using the women's restrooms. Like, it's that kind of nightmare come to life. The the character, the, the lead character who becomes Joanna Mann in order to infiltrate women's basketball after being kicked out for being an a-hole in men's basketball, spends a lot of the movie leering at women in women's locker rooms and uh, uses, goes to use the urinal in a dress in the men's restroom and it's all really hokey and uncomfortable, and it's supposed to play for laughs, but it completely falls flat. And there's a scene, and I, and I've seen this movie before, but it, it's a fever dream, and I, it's it's been years. There's a scene where the the character, the lead, gets pulled over, and a and has to show the ID that still has like you know the the male name, the male pronoun. And the cop, like, says to the cop, like, I had an operation, but says it in this, like, really crude way that just keeps it to bottom surgery, which just, it, oh gosh, it was so uncomfortable. And then the cop, of course, I could, I had a bad feeling in the pit of my stomach, like, okay, this cop is going to be trans. And that ended up being the case. But you could see that, like, it was supposed to be a joke. We were supposed to be taken aback by the fact that this cop was preparing for gender reassignment surgery or gender confirmation surgery and oh my lord like i just it just felt like i can't even imagine what what it would be like to be a trans woman in 2002 especially like because trans women of color were being like murdered and continue to be murdered to this day because there's this whole fear of being tricked right and this movie like tries to mine comedy from that fear and it's like look at the beats and like look at the beats we hit what are you looking for i was gonna borrow your phone for a second Sorry. okay um look at the beats we hit too it's like not only is it uh not only is it what it is on the surface which is obviously oh like guy dresses in drag and stuff but then it's like so we have we have that which is already a problem the movie's you know mm-hmm. like pretty misogynistic uh and to the extent where like i don't know the, like the, the 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 love the love angle of it all to like then have calvin slash joanna be able to end up with 
uh, his teammate who's dating mm-hmm. a guy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, who's dating a guy who's such a bad guy because he's cheating on Michelle. But, like, what's Joanna doing, you know? I, I don't know. Yeah. It's like, even if you want to break it down and try to look at the screenplay, it's like everything you put in was just, like, fucked up. And it also, like, sort of – and I was thinking about this earlier – um how old how old were we when this came out like nine eight um you know to us and the way i felt then i'm I'm sure because like this didn't strike me as out of the ordinary it struck me as a silly funny sports movie and to watch it in today's climate after not revisiting it for you know over a decade if not two Mm -hmm. it's like oh this is like whether i knew it or not you know like that is is like setting back a whole other generation um of people like like marginalized mm-hmm. people like i and 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 as a child obviously i don't know any better but like whether consciously or subconsciously willing or unwilling it felt i feel like um enjoying and laughing in that like helps helps like another generation partake in being complicit uh in that marginalization so i i, I definitely felt sick mm-hmm. and it's like i look at movies like when we had project x and i'm like oh i used to think this movie is funny this is pretty creepy i don't know this movie's not very funny to me anymore and that was like mm-hmm. such a minor scale compared to when we talked about it what it, we were talking about compared to joanna man watching that in 2020 and the state of things like it's already putrid but now you're right it's like that was oh two and we're like trans trans women black trans women are being persecuted uh murdered to this day it, it it's it's just like you hope that it stops there but then what did we just watch that you, katie you mentioned it and then yeah. taylor showed it to me as well um well uh i think this is the perfect movie to watch after or before you watch disclosure um mm-hmm. with laverne cox uh just created this movie it's on netflix everyone it's a it's a must watch if you listen to this this podcast and this specifically because it is all about um transgender representation in media and specifically Mm -hmm. in films and television and the one thing that i've gained out of all of this and i hope america specifically will gain from all of this um is the media is a learning tool and it has a, Mm a and to me personally has a social responsibility because people spend at two hours a day watching TV and they're taking this in and that's the representation that they're getting to it. It's so it's hard for me to talk about it because the move, the disclosure is done so well. Um, And I'd Mm -hmm. also like to, if, if to tell people to also look up Dominique Fells, um, uh, who, the transgender black transgender woman who uh, was just killed um, and get mm. to know that information more and spend some time on the internet um, relearning the world that we've been taught um, and so I, I think uh, the uh, my best I, it was horrible to watch this movie is horrible to mm-hmm. watch but I think there's two things at play that are so incredibly interesting that disclosure brings up um, mm-hmm. the idea that the, our hero, because he becomes a hero in the end, the man who cross-dresses to get what he wants, has a, a, 
uh, a heart a heart to heart moment uh, and becomes a better man out of learning be to be a woman um, along the way a very very inappropriate things that aren't even acknowledged especially the bathroom stuff but so mm -hmm. a man becomes more human after becoming a woman is a storyline in there um, and two if uh, this is just something from Disclosure, talking about how black men have been, comedians have been told to become, mm -hmm. to, to, to dress like a woman to become less threatening because America has a very big problem with um, making black men super predators. And so two of those things, you can see and understand how this became popular Mm -hmm. um uh this idea i mean and you'll uh, i can't express more about how disclosure will say everything that i'm saying much better i will say that probably a million times um but it's certainly it bl just blows my mind it's just so interesting that's where i'll start my bit of it yeah and mm -hmm. i mean I, I i like examining just even like how like little the movie makes sense to begin with is this character who like we're in the era of like sports figures like uh you know Terrell Owens um Randy Moss like big loudmouth all-stars who um you know fed off controversy and that was their persona so you paint by number and do that uh with with uh Joanna Calvin and uh first mm -hmm. of all first of all the thing that gets him kicked out of the NBA or pro basketball is like him is him showing his his like dick to a fan like a stadium full of fans so like mm -hmm. off the bat like that's a crime that's not like yeah that's not even like and they were questioning whether or not he even he'd even be suspended so like i'm so, like i know we're in different times here but even in the early 2000s i think that's a fucking crime um mm -hmm. and like yeah i understand it's a comedy movie and you know suspend disbelief but okay so you get suspended the slap on the wrist and it's like so the answer in his head after you know exposing himself is to to dress and drag uh excited about the fact that he can check out the naked women in the showers uh mm -hmm. and and excited about how he can take advantage of that uh whole opportunity and then the way he's accepted back into the league after after being like caught like posing as a woman like mid-game first of all i'm sorry to the charlotte banshees but their 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 wins would be vacated they're not going to go on to the mm -hmm. finals. Uh, did I say, call him Calvin? Is it Jamal? Is Calvin the kid from Like Mike? Um, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm like, I kept, I, when I was watching Jawana Man, I kept being like, oh, we should have watched Like Mike. I like that one. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and like, because Bow Wow is Calvin. But Miguel Nunez Jr., um, if there's a lesson to be learned uh, from, from, you know, portraying these stereotypes i don't think he learned it because he definitely did it again in blue mountain state in like 2012 he played like oh mm -hmm. like he did and this time it wasn't just like cross-dressing like joanna he was like legit playing like a like a like a very bad representation of uh a transgender stereotype and like sex oh my and, god like, sex that workers. was him yeah i remember that in like season one where like yeah the, like yeah we're like that was him same actor and it's like and I will say this, I don't know, I, I'm not going to sit here and apologize for the man at all. I just don't know how, he, how he's been pigeonholed in his career. Did you ever see Life with Martin Lawrence and Eddie Murphy? 
No. So it's an. I love that movie. I I haven't examined it in a while, and that's like I'm starting to learn like things from my childhood. I should probably go back before I like express my undying fucking devotion to him. But I loved that movie, and I I I think there's a lot of good stuff in it. But um, the same actor played a character in the prison. This is like Eddie Murphy and Martin Lawrence get wrongly convicted uh, for a white mm-hmm. for a white man's crime and get put sentenced to life in prison for a crime they didn't commit. And uh, one of the prisoners in there, like in the South uh, at this prison, is Miguel Miguel Nunez Jr. And he's playing um, a gay man who's very feminine, um, but he's not. Mm. It's not really played as a joke. Um, and he's so like everybody's kind of cool with him. They're still friends with him and everything. Like it's not like he's not cast out for it in the prison. And that's the whole point. And the crux of his character is when he finds out that he's finally. Um, when he's, he finds out he's getting let out of prison, mm-hmm. he, he runs across lines to get shot because he just know he expresses it right before he does it. He's like, I can't exist in the real world. Like they won't accept me out there. So like that's in the nineties. That's like the nineties or, you know what I mean? Like late night before he does Joanna man, before he does that. And so it's like, I'm not like, th- that's at least a, a lot realer, you know? And mm-hmm. taking place in a comedy movie that has a lot of other really, uh, a lot of interesting things to say about race and era and lineage and everything else but i'm just mm-hmm. saying like it's interesting that his career is sort of revolved around um certain stereotypes um and how it's kind of the same one uh up and up um i think another bit to tackle just right away uh the moment that this character changes his perspective is when he is playing as a woman um, on basketball and he starts he starts being a team player. But the mm-hmm. reason isn't because he's passing and they're making it's they're winning. The underlying reason on top of that is that it's because he can touch the women's butts. That was yeah, a- that's when he learns to get an assist. Like he never passes the ball, <sighs> and then when he he realizes that he gets up gets to pat on the butt, right? That's when he like is like, oh, I'll pass the ball for other people to score points now. It it is it is amazing to me that people can sit here and watch movies like this and know that they exist and laugh at them and understand that, but nobody understands how Me Too happens. It blows my... Katie, I'm... Sorry, this is my fault. I'm FaceTiming on accident. Yeah, restart that. Uh, I'll cut it out. It, I, it blows my mind. Oh, it blows my mind that people can watch these comedies and a movie like this and sit there and not understand how you get the Me Too movement and not understand mm-hmm. how people don't know how to hear, hear no and not understand that. And it scares... It honestly scares me that media has this this exemption because it's a fantasy mm-hmm. uh and the more um sexualized things get and the more all of this gets it's like have we just lost touch of it all like has have we just forgiven it because it is fantasy that we we can no longer have boundaries I don't under I and that's a tough one for me because if I look at it I am a white cis straight grew up catholic woman. So there's a lot mm-hmm. of there's a lot of privilege in that that sentence for me to have all of these things to say out loud. 
Um, so I, I have to acknowledge that, but it's just a question that's been in my head for a really long time because I, it's just, it reminded me also of the movie that we watched about Harry Styles. Uh, mm, yeah. Like, but nowhere near. But at the same time, it's like, it's a responsibility. It's a world that you're teaching. Mm-hmm. You you grow up watching and Luke's nine years old watching Joanna man and not like he's never been in contact with a transgender man or woman. Not at nine. Mm-hmm. Not at nine years of age. No. Um, no. But I will. Uh, I will say that the other thing that kind of like surprised me when I s- stopped and thought about it, Katie, and what I wanted to talk to you about is just like film school in general and the movies that are studied and revered um mm. that yeah like, i was wondering if you were I gonna mean, bring this up totally because like all right pre mm-hmm. pre us going to depaul um mm-hmm. th- one of the first movies if not the first movie that i watched uh in like the only film class i had at western um one of the movies was some like it hot and mm. everybody Reveres. I mean, I, obviously that's a, a blanket statement. Not everyone reveres, but Academics. it's 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 inarguable that uh, that some like it hot is held to a high standard that it was that studied. Um, mm-hmm. And then you know our first class at DePaul is story structures, and t- what two out of the five movies? I mean, you look at Silence of the Lambs um, and mm-hmm. Buffalo Bill, and then you look at Tootsie, which you know, our instructors are cranking off over <laughs> and mm-hmm. like, I, I just like, it's, it's, it's not, it's not something that I even realized until it was put in front of me and started to stack up. And I'm like, Oh my Lord. Like this is not only, this isn't like, does, not only does it exist, but it's celebrated. And mm-hmm. I, I can't imagine how that must feel um, for, for the people that it's misrepresenting. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I was wondering, like, because, um, again, in Disclosure, they bring up Silence of the Lambs and Tootsie. And I've always kind of known in my gut that Silence of the Lambs, and they mention it in Silence of the Lambs, that the, uh, the character Buffalo Bill isn't truly trans, but rather hates himself. They do make that caveat, but it's still not great. It still doesn't reflect very well in the community because a lot of people don't hear that, like, one piece of dialogue. But I always kind of had that. But when it came to Tootsie, it didn't occur to me that that was a problematic movie in any way. And I feel like that one is given much more of a pass. And I wonder if that's something like worth re-examining, like the movies that we teach. And uh, because you're right, like that was the one that we were taught about story structure. Sorry, Katie. Uh, not at all. And that does deal with, um, gen- I, the, the purpose of that movie was definitely more to deal with gender relations, but that, that's another instance of a man is so horrible, he can no longer exist in men's spaces, so he has to exist as a woman and take up a woman's space. So that's a narrative a lot like this. I feel like Tootsie is a little gentler, although I, I also think that this movie, Joanna Man, was meant to be Tootsie, but on a basketball court. Mm-hmm. And, but I feel like it, it's missing some of the, um, I do think Tootsie meant to be sweeter and meant to reach out and have this character learn more about what it means to be a woman. And both of those scenarios involve, like, having to deal with unwanted male attention. 
And sexual harassment, which I think is interesting, that there's this understanding that sexual harassment is inherent to the female experience, and yet it's played off in both of those movies for laughs, which is pretty bizarre. Like, like both characters kind of have to forcefully fight off these, like, characters who just won't hear no. And we're supposed to, like, ah, uh, they always have the upper hand, it's okay. Right, like, in Joanna Man, it's like, Puff Smokey Smoke is, like, thrilled that Joanna's getting drunk so he can have sex with her. Like, mm-hmm. and that's like, oh, cool, like, that's a, that's a stereotype in this already fucked movie. But, um, you know, I also, like, then, like, when they start, the list went on and on, and I started to, like, just look through it and i'm like mrs doubtfire i'm like no like when they showed that i was yeah. like oh my god is that is fucked up i didn't think about that being fucked up or offensive it's the luxury mm-hmm. it's the luxury i've i have uh, like it's 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 white privilege and it's just straight privilege it's privilege in general for me to not mm-hmm. have to think about it at that time and and not like you know what i mean i just like mrs doubtfire is another celebrated like family movie um Mm -hmm. you know abc family played it like 10 times a week growing up i watched the shit out of it um it's meant Mm -hmm. a lot to people that like come from like divorced backgrounds and like childhoods and stuff like that you know it's been like and robin williams is celebrated and stuff and he's you know rightfully so but you know when you when it's like oh my god white chicks like 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 all, all these movies yeah but it's like these are the movies that made the memes and shaped the humor of a generation like uh, mm-hmm. and and for better or worse. So, like, exterminating this idea or perpetuation is probably the best call, right? Like... Oh, for sure. Like, there, but there, it, there... I am... Go ahead. I'm interested to hear your uh, history with this movie. Uh, it sounds like, Luke, you've definitely seen this movie before. Taylor, have you seen it before? No, I hadn't, and I had just been enjoying mm. Pose, and I had just been enjoying mm. Disclosure when Luke told me what we picked, and I go, okay. Oh, my gosh, <laughs> I complained the whole... I was I was angry. Yeah. I was so angry, and... Rightfully so. And rightfully so, and I also mm-hmm. think that, like, this, it's just a prime example of something going on in America right now, um, not to really... I mean, it's hard not to make any of this... Uh, pointed or anything like that but it's the whole point of where we're at and ignorance is bliss um and it's not Mm -hmm. purposeful like we grew up with these things and and it's hard to uh and and so there's just some things that are ingrained that are part of childhood that it makes me wonder if luke had a great experience with this movie when he was younger how many people are the same way and wouldn't be comfortable being like, that's not fair that you are doing this. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, like, like I said earlier, it was like, it didn't, it didn't strike anything. I mean, fuck, we, we had the DVD in the house. I'm sure me and my brother must've asked for it. Like we thought it was funny. It like, it stuck in there. Like, you know, at that time and in that space as like a nine year old kid or whatever, what was the difference between that or water boy to me? Or like, uh, mm. You know what I mean? Like, uh, like a, just like a silly, mm-hmm. a silly farce uh, that I had to do with sports. I love sports growing up, so I didn't, I didn't see like all all of the issues that obviously I see as an adult, and and hopefully I like to think of myself as forward thinking. So, I like 
yeah it was funny like i thought it was funny then and me and my like brother thought it was funny like we watched like my sister and me thought it was funny as kids but like you know i'm here to tell you that it's okay to change your opinion and realize that that shit's not funny anymore and it's not um that's yeah not, and i think I, that that's like, definitely something we that. should normalize yeah like i'm yeah. not gonna sit here and go to bat for it because i liked it when i was nine it's fucked up i'm not gonna sit here and like go to bat for keeping splash mountain at disney like uh themed with song of the mm-hmm. south characters because i wrote it as a kid like fuck that you know what i mean it, it like mm-hmm. it, it's just there's a lot of things going on that like i'm as nostalgic as they come but mm-hmm. you don't have to celebrate everything and like it, you have to be pretty goddamn careful about what you're nostalgic about. Um, well, I, I I don't know. Like I, I there's things to celebrate and things to 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 condemn. Well, I think there's all of it is moving forward. For I think sure. that's what's so interesting is uh, Hollywood has a and you can blame the consumer or you can blame your the the people who are making it it's you they both need each other but hollywood is obsessed with going back and recreating stuff so it's like jurassic Mm -hmm. world it is five six and seven of all these other things and it's like so when are when are we getting new stories uh or it's coming and it's coming and and like and you know and it's what's the weirdest thing i've noticed and it's maybe it's the result. We don't usually talk about like such heady like shit on here, but it, it has to be done at times. Obviously, I, I, maybe it's the result of us being such a capitalist country that a corporate yeah. corporations <laughs> corporation shifting to a cause is when the country notices. Is, is what I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, Disney and Marvel tweeting black or you know posting Black Lives Matter and and, and like you know. There's nothing to lose there for them. Of course, that's the right move. The the nation, like, you know, they're going to get backed on that for the most part. But them making that stand and showing the people that necessarily wouldn't back that cause is what's going to swing a million people to a cause. Like, mm. like, and that's just the fact of the matter. So, like, if, if, if now... The, like film like movie like studios uh disney that owns fucking everything corporate amazon mm-hmm. like uh jordan michael jordan's donating 100 million over a decade or some crazy shit like that it's like if those are people and those brands are the ones that are like banging a drum for black lives matter or you know making their their logo logo rainbow colored during pride month like don't get me wrong of course they're capitalizing but that's un- unfortunately i think when the masses take notice so the hope is yeah but it makes me upset at least from the perspective of like a queer person whenever they do like i bet like at some point erica and i were in the the grocery store and they had like face pads for pride month and they just had like rainbow packaging Fuck that. and that makes me upset because it just feels like they want my gay money yeah like and they they realize that like we have money now and that like the way to to get that money is to appeal to us so it makes me super salty at least from that perspective no dude i can't but i understand where you're coming from sure and it's not it's not i'm not even like i'm not thrilled about that it's just an observation i'm starting to Mm -hmm. make because like and and i would i can't imagine how that must feel to like walk through target and you see that section that's like the rainbow lit up one like listerine's got a rainbow label and it's like I, I I can't fathom how that must make you feel. So I'm I'm so sorry for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but like like this, I guess the, just the the viewpoint of what I see is, I think I get the positive juice of it in my world is if if the NFL or Na- if NASCAR bans a Confederate flag, you know what I mean? 
that's mm-hmm. taking a stand against quite a quite a demographic. You know what I mean? Like, and that's when people see it. And then I know they have nothing to lose. I know they know they can they can profit off of it. But I I have to think that for better or worse that makes a positive swing. I hope. I hope. Well, mm-hmm. I think that what's going to happen is is uh, little independent films are going to keep coming out, and hopefully they just become more mainstream, and people start looking for movies that are different. And we grow up, mm-hmm. and we continue to di- diversify our media, and we keep pushing for the world to be that way because clearly the world isn't going to do it. Um, and I think specifically mm-hmm. about the funny thing about rainbows – being sold in every form it's like it's just like people listening to this police brutality thing and doing every other thing besides addressing the main fact it's like no i don't mm, need you yeah. to make me rainbow colored ice cream or rainbow co- like can you just support my life like can you yeah. understand Your that life. i'm a huge not my life to be sorry <laughs> yeah can you no no, no no I, I get what you mean yeah. like put gay people on your board Yes. How about that? And uh, like, put gay people in positions of power, gay people and people of color in positions of power, so that like when we see your board, it's not like a bunch of dudes, a mm. bunch of white dudes. Like, have some diversity, people. Well, Katie, it makes me. I don't know if you've seen the documentary. This changes everything. There's two, but there's one that's specifically about um, the women's representation in film and women. Mm. Uh, uh, directors and mm-hmm. it's all about the history and just real quick and again I'm really bad at requoting it um, women in the 1980s uh, female directors who had won Oscars stopped getting jobs and so they went to the guild and said we need to do something differently and th- they suggested you know one out of 13 directing jobs be given to a woman mm-hmm. they took it to a judge and the judge said no and mm. since then, it's like, and what's funny to me is when people hear that, they just think of free handouts. But it's like, no, these women won Oscars as directors or Emmys or Golden Globes. Women who were powerful mm-hmm. were shut down and taken out, like taken out of the conversation. Um, and people mm. just want to think that the world is uh, uh, is fair and easy. And it's like, no no there are policies there is it is so much harder when you are not the person in the room because mm-hmm. un- unfortunately unfortunately people look we are a visual world and we look at the same people and we we favor the people who we look like um and and that's just it's just fact and so it's just interesting it's uh, and it's been a really interesting time for me personally. I keep watching media that uh, I just keep going back to. We just finished Watchmen, and so I know we're getting really distracted. But I guess I'm also like, I don't want to give Joanna. Well, that's the point. I mean, the time of day. No, I, I'm like, I'm not gonna sit. Here, I don't want to sit here and dwell on the movie. It's well, like it's more so like, yeah, go ahead, Katie. It's like the topic at hand. I was I was up for returning to this because I do have a past with it. Um, my experience of it is a little bit different. Obviously, oh, I please. am I too am cis and white, but I'm also a lesbian. And when I was in middle school, I was obsessed with finding any movies that dealt with gender nonconformity or anything that had even a hint of queerness because I was just 
starving for content. And on searching, like, movies that, like, had cross-dressing in them, I came across this one. And I remember thinking that it wasn't my favorite, but not thinking about it too critically. And this was also during an era where, like, and it's horrible to say now, but, like, I honestly did not know any better at the time, was that, like, my favorite episodes of Maury were of the, like is this person a man or a woman sure. kind of shows. Because I was fascinated with the fact that there were people that could be born one gender and become a different gender. Mm -hmm. And I had no other reference for those kinds of people. And so I was just glued to my screen watching like them being exploited and seeking out content like this. And I do think it came from a genuine place of like, I want to see people in in my family essentially like in like the t in the lgbtq but i i just was very clumsy in it because i don't think that we had very good trans representation and now we have things like of course this documentary disclosure which is wonderful we have pose i'm actually reading the um janet mock the helmer of pose she has this uh wonderful memoir called uh redefining realness that i'm almost done with and that's been very insightful in trying to understand, like, her, uh, how different her experience is in terms of, like, race and where she grew up. She grew up uh, poor in Hawaii for the majority of the book. And it's a total contrast from the last book I read, uh, last memoir I read by a trans woman who is currently running for Senate in Delaware. Sarah Mc, uh, I think it's Sarah McBride is her name. And it's, it's night and day. And Sarah, of course, acknowledges her privilege of being more well-off and white many times throughout the book. But you don't get a real sense of that until you engage with Janet's experience. And I think that the more that we seek out media like that from the source, the better we can become, we, we can understand these things. Because again, I think until then, we just don't know any better. Because I, I really did want to find other queers so badly. And I feel very ashamed to, to admit it now that like I was so obsessed with those kind of like talk show instances that truly were exploitative but I honestly just wanted to see other queer people well oh. it's not like and it's like it's not your fault for like being clumsy or whatever like and, and the representation wasn't the good representation bit didn't exist and the the bad representation mm -hmm. was in surplus like the daytime, like Jerry Springer and like shows like that for sure. Like they made their nut on stuff like that. Like, you know. It also makes me wonder, mm -hmm. and we I haven't quite finished disclosure completely, um, but it makes me mm -hmm. wonder the obsession. What's so obsessing? Of what is what is the biggest obsession about all of this? What? Why is I it think... been? Go ahead, Katie. I think that in the case of the majority of people, it's because they feel that like trans people and again this is an intense statement and it's not true but i do think that there is a circle of people who think that trans people are traitors to their gender and i think that there are people that think that trans people are inherently trying to trick them but it, both but of it, which are very wrong but enough about jk rowling oh <laughs> uh well and that's it, disclosure is a great movie to watch too because i think women it's it's also the, we've seen this time and time again throughout history, is that any minority cannot fight for its rights without pushing another minority down um, mm, mm -hmm. or, or someone who's being marginalized. Because I will say, 
Well, I mean, women have a long, white women have a long history of wanting the right to vote, but not including uh, black women at all. Uh, I mean, Mm -hmm. it doesn't take far to look, folks. Um, And especially watching Disclosure, women specifically, I think, believe that they're making, um, they're taking what is womanhood and not letting people understand what's, what are the inequalities. And it's like, how does that, why does that have to exist? Why, Mm -hmm. why do you have to make it that problem? And I mean, I know that I'm sure I have had thoughts. I have said things that have been problematic in that way because when we feel personally victimized by something, we have to, we have this mentality to push something else down to get our way. Mm-hmm. Because instead of feeling like we can continue to bring everyone up, we have to fight for our seat at the table instead of opening up more seats. It's mm. like we, we, there, there are more opportunities for representation. Pose isn't stopping Netflix from creating 18 million other straight cis movies. You know, like mm-hmm. there isn't a surplus. Yeah. In, in fact, the Will Ferrell's making another movie, folks, or another TV show with Rachel McAdams. Well, um, it's like you say, mm-hmm. it's like in a world where we are now in an unprecedented, limitless amount of, of media output, there's room to include other people. Um, and there should have been room before. Absolutely. But like, my God, mm-hmm. like there is a bill. I mean, like how many goddamn like apps are still just now coming out now and we're still getting to some like H- mm-hmm. hbo max like comes to mind or quibi or fucking like i know nbc's got peacock they've been talking about for four years cbs like now with their star trek shit it's just like there's the, it's gonna only be more even even if theaters don't open up in the next year that's not gonna stop mm-hmm. shit from getting made or being put out like, I, I mean, like, not completely. It may yeah. slow down a little, but, like, so the fact of the matter is, like, there's lots of seats now. So, so, like, fucking let everybody sit there. Well, and the one thing to be very careful about that is also a very privileged thing for us to say is we also had the opportunity and the right to study the things that we did because of where where we were and where we are in the... Mm-hmm. Um, oh, totally. So that that I do want to be careful with of because course. And I like, still you know, think people don't understand why it is so important to raise people up who uh, don't have that opportunity. Someone was writing about mm-hmm. how internships are free and how bullshit that is. That it's like, yeah, you'll never get <laughs> yeah. the opportunity to for someone to feel like they can find their way if they are worried about making money. Like asking kids to do a 40-hour work week internship uh, is asking, it's just, oh, I could go on and on. But I just want to be clear that while I say everyone should be joined at the table and, like, there's not a, that's not equal either. Uh, that's a mm-hmm. that's a hope and a dream. And um, I hope to continue if uh, I ever find myself in a position of power or creating that it's, like, Mm-hmm. You're not looking to fill a void. You're looking to genuinely look to diversify. And that, I think, is a very delicate balance of understanding. And I hope that people who are in the film community continue to see it as you don't need to push someone down to get through the door. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's, why, why continue to create that uh, culture? It's so awful. It's so boo and boring. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> 
Yeah. And I do think there is a real hunger for different kinds of stories. Like, the, the success of Pose and Black Panther, I think, are very uh, indicative of that. And those are written from people and directed by people who are from those communities. And I think that that makes all the difference. For because sure. there's a real care and effort put into them that isn't in something like Juana Man. Yeah, unfortunately. Um yeah it takes all the it takes all the like frankenstein's all the worst ideas and elements and uh, and the outcome is joanna man and the I, film i do wonder it's a bad analogy jesus christ i still do want to be careful as all as also in the fact of i don't want to be completely policing over it, it's just not my right to have a conversation about what the transgender people get to make and create and what stories they will tell as comedies and all of those things but what Joanna Man does and you already talked about it Luke is it's it clearly wasn't made in the minds of uh, and thought process of women who are actually in the struggle of um, feeling completely lost in a body that they don't feel is their own um, mm-hmm. and that is what this movie um doesn't realize it takes advantage of so yeah or it does realize it i i yeah. I, I think sometimes that yeah, don't give them the credit like <laughs> i i think i think in, in the words of batman i say this to taylor a lot <laughs> if there's bad traffic or uh people like people know they just don't care like so it's time to care <laughs> and yeah get text absolutely. messages loudly on I wanted to uh, tell you guys, last podcast, literally the last podcast, I was expressing, like, uh, there are definitely bad gay movies, but I just don't have the energy to make fun of my own people right now. Yeah. And I'm grateful to you, Luke, for choosing this movie because I I do feel like engaging in a conversation about, like, this is media from the past, and we can see now in the hindsight that is the year of our Lord 2020 yeah. that... Oh, um things that are wrong about it and things that we can do better. And now we have better media. And mm-hmm. I think observing that history is is worth doing. And I, I'm so happy to have had this conversation with both of you. Yeah, I, it, I am too. And uh, um, it came from a very organic place because it, it does, it's just like, it's crazy how this movie does exist in the zeitgeist still. Mm-hmm. It, it's just, it's just like this horrible, like this horrible gift that keeps giving or like a bad gift though. Um, mm-hmm. but no, I, I, I'm, I'm thrilled to open things back up and like, I am so far from perfect and I am so far from having experienced anything close to oppression, but I definitely mm-hmm. want to acknowledge like where I could do better at like moving forward. And this is one of those times, um, put pose in instead. Yeah. That's what I wanted to ask. Cause like, I, I have to be honest though. I, I would like help. I mean, like you and Taylor turned me on to the doc, um, uh, and then you guys have been talking about Pose as well. Is there any other sort of mm-hmm. um, like positive uh, like trans stories you could share or, you know, anything? I mean, it, it won't be Pride by the time we post this. I think I'll be late. Um, but like or any like queer stories you might want to point people to just because we do have to make up for the awful Timber Timberlake scene at the end of On the Line as well. <laughs> um, for uh, oh, gosh, it's positive is a, is a hard caveat unfortunately there are a lot of tragic movies tragic trans movies and like um 
boys don't cry. Oh. For, I, ju- uh, I just learned about this. Mm-hmm. It was the most fucked up thing I'd ever seen in my life. Like I, I obviously mm-hmm. didn't watch the movie. I, because I, I, I just learned about it. But I saw some of the the mm-hmm. scenes and like I'm like, how was that the plot? How does this exist? Like it made me want to barf, dude. I've just had such an easy life. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but that movie fucking blew my mind when I heard oh, about no, no, it. Oh, no, 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 not at all. Um, something a little bit more positive, I think, is um, Three Generations, which is currently available on Netflix. But that movie, I also kind of hesitate to recommend it because um, a, a cis actress plays the trans man in it again. And uh, I also think that it's... Um, I'm sorry to say this. I think it's really boring. I I don't I can't recommend it, but I do think that it's it's hard is in the right place, and I think that it's a step forward. Uh, there's Tangerine, which is about uh, uh, black sex workers, black trans sex workers, and it does end with this beautiful moment of friendship with the two leads in a laundromat. But it is also kind of a rough watch. Because you get Baker. to see the reality of these women's situations. Yeah. I like uh, him. I never saw that flick. I only saw Florida Project. So maybe I'll check out mm-hmm. Tangerine. That's a great That's a great pick. Um, do some research on uh, Black Trans Lives uh, is what I will lead uh, my ending moment with. Yeah. Uh, is mm-hmm. go, go look up what's going on in the world um, and you'll understand why media is so important. Uh, disclosure will take you right there and Pose is plenty of hours, and uh, also I think uh, is there's just so much. If you pile those three up, you'll you'll get a big education there. Absolutely. Uh, also, I realized over the course of this podcast, I use the term women's spaces quite frequently, which I feel like is a term that turfs usually throw around to exclude trans women. Mm-hmm. So. I apologize if that came off that way at any point during this podcast, but uh, trans women are women, trans men are men, and that's all there is to that. Yeah, yeah. couldn't. I mean, well said. That's that's absolutely how we feel. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, like hopefully we'll continue to stumble through being better. Yeah, like all we can do is mm-hmm. like speak out against things that we know are wrong, and then listen and 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 do our best to to do better, keep learning. Um, I, I, you know, fuck, dude. I love the 90s, but I don't want it to be the 90s, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Got to move forward. So, with all that being said, I've been Luke Taylor. I've been Katie Grotzinger. I've been Taylor Shepard. And you have a good one, folks.